to This Day in Baseball's Daily Rewind. We explore baseball's amazing, timeless history with short, cool stories beyond the box score from 1869 to present day. And you may think, how about that? Well, holy cow. And just maybe, do you believe it? And I'm your host, Tom Hannon. Welcome, fans, to This Day in Baseball's Daily Rewind. Today is Episode 6, titled... After 86 years of debate, the DH is born. As you know, we bring you back in time to relive a piece of baseball history, and I just want to thank you for joining us today. Today we're going to rewind to April 6th, 1973. But before we do, I have some trivia for you. This player had a solid 19-year career. Although he hit only... 30 home runs once in his career, his actions on the field in the bicentennial year of 1976 made him a national hero. Who am I? April 6, 1973. A new era in baseball is born as the DH is officially adopted in the American League. On Friday, April 6, 1973, the New York Yankees opened the American League season in Boston at Fenway Park versus the Red Sox. 32,882 fans were in attendance for the game that started at 1.37 p.m. Opening day is always festive, especially at Fenway Park. And in 1973, these fans were treated to two new things. The New York Yankees became the final American League team to abandon their flannel uniforms in favor of polyester. The team's new look on the road features white piping around the world words New York on the front as well as around the numbers on the back. It does kind of remind me of that Seinfeld episode a little bit when they changed the uniforms. And the dawn of the designated hitter. In the first inning, Red Sox starter Louis Tiant had a rough start to the game. Already allowing four of the first five Yankees to get on, he faces Ron Bloomberg. Bloomberg is the first DH to hit in American League Major League Baseball history. With the bases loaded, Bloomberg walks on a 3-1 pitch. And he not only has the first plate appearance, but he also has the first RBI as a DH. El Tiante recovered and pitched a complete game versus the Bombers as the Red Sox flexed their own muscle, winning the game 15-5. Their DH, the Baby Bull, Orlando Cepeda, had actually come out of retirement to play the position. But despite the rout, he went 0-6. Cepeda will go on to have an excellent year though, hitting 289 with 20 home runs and even getting MVP votes. Bloomberg who did play in fewer games, also had a great year hitting 329. Now, going back in history a bit, the DH was not a new concept. It was not something that just spurred out of nowhere in 1973. This concept goes all the way back to 1887, when Sporting Life magazine published an article where William Chase Temple, the president of the Pittsburgh Pirates, favored the substitution of another player to take the pitcher's place at bat. Al Spaulding also advocated the change, and he suggested the pitcher be eliminated entirely from the batting order. 
in that only the other eight men of the opposing clubs be allowed to go to bat. Every patron of the game is aware of the worthlessness of the average pitcher when he goes up and tries to hit the ball. Believe it or not, this was defeated by a very slim 7-5 margin in a league vote later that year. The debate didn't end there either, as articles continue to run in the sporting life and pitchers as a group, for example, hit 181 from 1900 to 1909. And Addy Joss became vocal about this, claiming the pitchers needed to hit and they would be a revolt if they didn't. But Josh only hit 141. He was a far better pitcher than a hitter. And then from 1910 to 1919, it was no different as pitchers only hit 180 for the decade. And that included a guy named Ruth, who spent some time on the mound. In 1928, things got more serious. As John Hedler, president of the National League, jumped on the DH bandwagon. He called this the 10-man rule. At an annual meeting held in Chicago on December 13, 1928, he felt the offense and home runs is what the fans wanted to see. This is not new news. We all know that chicks dig the long ball and that baseball attendance has always been increased when offense spikes. So 1928 was no different than it is in 2019. And he had the support of Sam Breeden, the St. Louis Cardinals owner, and also future Hall of Famer Walter Johnson, who thought it was a good idea. But it got tabled at the owners' meeting by Clark Griffith. And it never picked up and it never picked up full steam again, despite John Hedler claiming he would get behind it again. There was talk of using the DH in spring training games that following year, but the managers feared that pitchers would not be ready for the season, so it so it never got adopted. And in 1941, the National Semi-Pro Baseball Congress thought a DH would strengthen pitchers and speed up the game. Sound familiar? However, nothing happened there either. So the DH conversations were dormant for a while. And as the 60s rolled, rolled in, offense was almost non-existent by the end of the decade. Yaz won the batting title hitting 301. So they knew there needed to be some changes. And the DH was actually adopted in the International League in 1969 as an experiment and then many more of the minor league clubs began adopting the DH. And although the American and National League could never come to full terms together, the American League decided to have a three-year experiment in 1973, and now it's obviously here to stay without a doubt. Back in 1973, several hours after the Red Sox dispatched the Yankees at the Oakland Coliseum, Tony Oliva becomes the first designated hitter ever to homer. The Twins' DH first inning two-run round tripper came off a of future Hall of Famer, Catfish Hunter, and it did help the Twins defeat the A's 8-3, even though the A's would later go on to win the World Series in 73. The evolution of the DH became issues in the World Series, interleague play, and all-star games. And what has happened over time is Major League Baseball has adapted the win in Rome process, so in the American League stadiums, there's a DH in National League stadiums, there's not. And the debate goes all the way to Cooperstown, as they have an interactive Twitter debate going on with the hashtag YesDH or hashtag NoDH. 
that you can participate in. But virtually every level of baseball now has the DH. Every league except the National League. There was talk the National League would adopt the rule in 2017, but the now commissioner of baseball had to backtrack off of that conversation. It does seem to be imminent, but it's not here yet. In just this past year, a player who prominently played his career as a DH was inducted into Cooperstown, Edgar Martinez. In fact, several players in Cooperstown helped their statistics and careers spending time as a DH, just such as Dave Winfield, over 400 games, Reggie Jackson, 600 games, Paul Molitor, over 1,100 games, and Frank Thomas, over 1,300 games. Martinez played in 1,403 games as a designated hitter and only played in 592 games in the field. This is the most by any player in Cooperstown to date. In a few years, David Ortiz will be eligible for Cooperstown. He played in over 2,000 games as a designated hitter and without a question is the best designated hitter in the history of Major League Baseball. And he helped change the Boston franchise. His ink on Baseball Reference, if you're familiar with the site, has him as a slam dunk first ballot Hall of Fame player. And I'm for one interested to see what the voters will do. So that was April 6th, This Day in Baseball. Now, on to that trivia. I'm going to repeat the question for you. This player had a solid 19-year career. Although he hit only 30 home runs once in his career, his actions on, on the field in the bicentennial year of 1976 made him a national hero. Who am I? Well, I'm going to give you some hints. This player is notable as the first player picked in the inaugural 1965 Major League Draft. And as a side note, three Hall of Famers were picked later in that draft. Johnny Bench, Tom Seaver, and Nolan Ryan. And they weren't all picked in the first round, let me tell you. Johnny Bench was a second round pick, the 36th overall. It's hard to believe, isn't it? He hit a famous game-winning home run in the 1981 National League Championship Series to propel the Dodgers to the World Series. A series where they would face the Yankees for the 11th time and beat them for just the third time in franchise history. However, he is most famously known for grabbing away the American flag at Dodger Stadium from two fans who ran onto the field to burn the flag during the 1976 bicentennial. Who am I? Robert James Monday Jr., better known as Rick. Thanks for joining us on The Rewind. It was my pleasure to share this story with fellow baseball fans. Just a quick note, our shows are based on historical research through many sources. Our show notes and website thisdayinbaseball.com are worth checking out in case you miss something. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other baseball fans who may enjoy these stories. My name's Tom Hannon. I'm your host, editor, researcher, and writer. I'll see you at the ballpark.